Hello, and you are back in the Velvet Room with Joker the Fool. This is our 22nd episode, and today we'll be discussing the Biden administration is trying to save the student loan system, don't fall for LARPers, and the Ripiverse is cooking. So we're going to start this right off with the student loan system. The machine is trying to optimize debt slavery, and they're using Biden's dilapidated corpse to push this on to the public and I saw this article from NBC that put this whole thing into my mind specifically the second paragraph of this article which I will read to you now that the education department on Monday released a student debt relief proposal that would target four categories of borrowers those with federal student loan balances that exceed the original borrowed amount those with loans that entered into repayment 25 years ago or more those with loans for career training programs that led to unreasonable debt loads or provided insufficient earnings, and those who are eligible for forgiveness on their other repayment plans but haven't applied for it. So this is um, the Biden administration or, or the machine trying to make the student loan debt system more functional for the people who it's hurt the most and is trying to, trying to lift up... Um, the crabs in the barrel that are at the absolute bottom of it in hopes of just maintaining what the uh, what the student loan uh, system is. Part, part of the debt um, slavery system we have in this country, whether it's credit card debts or car debts or, or these um, ridiculous mortgages that people get into, student loan debt is part of this. And these four um, categories that I mentioned, people who... Um, aren't making enough money to justify the student loan debt they are, they're in, the, those who've been paying um, into their loans for a quarter of a century, and those who are eligible for other repayment plans. The, the, these, these are people who, like I said, they're at the bottom rungs. They've gotten the uh, shortest end of the stick when it comes to the student loan system, and the hope is if they can get these people onto fair ground, then they'll be able to keep... Um, maintenance of this uh, federal student loan system that we find ourselves in, which is uh, fundamentally ridiculous. It's up the price of college because, you know, any 18-year-old with, um, you know, a couple of uh, dreams and uh, looking to do something after high school can get into high five figures worth of debt backed by the United States taxpayer. Uh, and that's allowed the colleges to basically just up the price of tuition every year. And you find that over the last 30 years, tuition um, for colleges in this country has raised hundreds of percents and hundreds of percentage points. And it's because of the federal student loan system, which has, you know, it's made a lot of money. It keeps people dependent on the system. It gives the state something to you know, jangle keys in front of voters to get them out to the polls saying, hey, we're going to cancel it. Hey, we're going to make it better. Hey, we're going to do X, Y, and Z. And this is uh, the next thing that they're doing to try and, A, keep more people on the system, um, raise public opinion of the system, and two, buy votes for this current, free buy votes for this current administration. So that's what I really want the takeaway to be from this recent thing that this Biden administration is doing with the student loan system, student loan forgiveness uh forgive me for mincing my words like that is that this is a very cynical calculated move not only for political gain in terms of making biden seem like he's carrying through with um canceling student loan debt but it's also just to make the student loan debt the federal student loan 
uh, program more viable in the long term because it's targeting, like I said, the, the people who are at the bottom end of that, who are got the worst um, deals. And, and that's not to say that, you know, with the federal government doing this sort of program, they don't have a sort of responsibility to do right by the people who they give loans uh, out to. It's just that it's not a program that should exist in the first place because, you know, taxation is theft by means of extortion. So to steal money from people, then use that money as collateral for loans that so many people can pay back. It just it just makes things worse, in my opinion. And they're trying to fix things, not just, you know, axe the program entirely and just let um, the free market educate uh, people the way it sees fit. But hey, so many people are not ready for that at all so next we're going to go into the group of people who are the most passionate about student loan um in general because they're the ones who have gotten into it the recent most recently and these are the young people i'm 25 uh, so people i would say around my age or younger maybe a little bit older who are very far left they are um, the law resistance revolution types, they, they LARP as revolutionary, that's why I say LARPers, and this was brought into my mind with Rachel Zegler, who's been talked about a lot for her role in Snow White, but the other thing that she's uh, doing is a prequel for the Hunger Games, so Hunger Games, first three books, very popular, I read them all when I was in middle school, I watched one of the first four movies, because you had three books, four movies, Mockingjay, the last book was split into two movies, they, they do that, and since it was such a you know popular franchise, and Hollywood's all in on franchises, they got Suzanne Collins to write a prequel to it, they're making a movie off of it, because Hollywood... God forbid Hollywood does anything original these days, so they have a Hunger Games prequel they can make a movie out of, off of, and Rachel Zeckler is starring in that movie. And while there is a, um, a Hollywood strike going on, Rachel Zegler was able to get an interim agreement to promote this Hunger Games prequel movie, and she jumps right at it because she's getting paid to do these promotional things. I would imagine, and the money is more important to her than having any sort of moral code, because when these strikes first started happening, right, she goes on and says, you know, if uh, I'm going to spend 18 hours a day, however many hours, she said, um, you know, wearing that iconic Disney princess dress, and she needs to be paid for every hour it streams, right, and then as soon as um, the money starts rolling in, then she'll sign that agreement, uh, Lionsgate gets to pay her to promote the movie, and she gets cash tanks, checks at the bank, uh, while completely abandoning any sort of, um, desire to strike, which is why I, I say it's all really just LARPing, and I, another little tangent with this is that the whole thing is that she says she uses Snow White, Right, saying, you know, she knows it's an iconic Disney prin Disney princess, that dress, you know, that, you know, um, character is iconic. It helped, it built um, the modern Disney uh, company. That was the first feature movie that Disney uh, made, because Disney before then, Walt Disney, was making shorts uh, in, in movie, uh, was making shorts that um, played before the, the full-length uh, movies that would come out, and then he was able to get this full-length animated feature, it made a lot of money, and he was able to build uh, the entire Disney empire that is crumbling today, but was able to become as big, prolific, and basically the bedrock of um, American culture 
um, because of that one movie. And Rachel Zegler is aware of that, and she used that to her own advantage while simultaneously denigrating the source material, saying that the movie came out in 1937, very evidently. So I won't necessarily get into all the things she said. I'm sure you've heard um, about that ad nauseum from other sources. It's just that Rachel Zegler has no respect for Snow White, but she knows so many other people love that movie, have respect for it, they view it with um, the reverence that I would say um, it deserves, even though I've never watched it, can't be bothered to um, open up the, uh, the Disney Plus, I've got a password to watch Disney Plus, don't even want to watch anything because of how tarnished the brand is in my mind, and you know, the stuff that Rachel Zuckler does contributes to it, just just shitting on the legacy that Walt Disney um, built and that was, you know, Snow White was the impetus um, for that because, you know, you had the shorts he did with Mickey Mouse got him to the point where you could do Snow White and then that movie legitimized him as um, an animator, legitimized um, animation um, in, in general. But that's a big tangent there. The whole point that I'm making is that Rachel Zegler's um, crumbling in terms of like saying she'll she'll get off of the picket line, she'll stop meaningfully striking um, the signing agreement. It's just uh, indicative that this you know revolutionary communist down with the system. As soon as the road, um, as soon as the tire hits the pavement, as soon as anything happens in real life um, with these uh, LARPers, these these resist law revolutionary resist law resistance types. They crumble, uh, crumble like dust, uh, my friend, is what happens. They do not have um, any meaningful intention or, or anything, any meaningful ability to see um, actual revolution to any sort of end. How, how the police get a little bit too handsy with them uh, while they protest and they'll, they'll throw a fit. They, they would not be able to deal with being in an actual violent revolution. Not that I advocate for that at all. I'm a very much a um, peaceful person. I want to advocate the NAP. I want to peacefully um, abolish the government because I think that's the way that will lead to the least amount of human suffering in the long term. I don't want to burn it all to the ground. I want to decentralize the individual as peacefully as possible. It's just that the way the system is inevitably is that you've got idiots. I'm not saying like Zegler, but Zegler's you know, mindset of, you know, I'm going to, you know, be on the picket line and then as soon as it comes time to promote a movie, I'll sign the agreement and cash a text for the bank because I don't want to um, be without or I'm not going to sever myself from the machine any, in any meaningful way um, is indicative of that type of mindset. These people do not want to let go of the machine. They want the machine to be there so they can suck and leech off of it. They just want it to be working for uh, them, and they're mad that it isn't. And, you know, anything outside of uh, complete um, and utter capitulation in every single aspect of what they want, and their their demands are ridiculous and change day-to-day justifies uh, the law resistance. And it's always going to be um, justified and it's always going to be happening because that, that's the entire point of Marxism is that you're operating on the basis of the oppressor and the oppressed and the oppressor um, exists and they're always putting their boot down on the oppressor and you have to be against that you have to get up every day and fight 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 but it's it's all meaningless 
fight, like I said, because these people do not want to enact violent revolution. And if they try to do the second they get any pushback, it's going to be um, they're, they're going to, they, like I said, they just crumple like dust because they don't have any spine. They don't have any backbone. It's all just an act because uh, they've been brainwashed into doing that. And they, they feel like it's necessary because because of the amount of propaganda they consume. So that's my little rant there. And we are finally going to close this off with the Ripaverse is cooking. So Alpha Core number one has been on the horizon for quite a while. And we've got a release date for the pre-order campaign. November 6, 2023. Mark your calendars because that's going to be a big day. For the Ripperverse, we are finally going to see how the Ripperverse does outside of Isom. And I, for one, am very excited. Joe Bennett is penciling this book, at least. He might be doing the inks as well. I, I think he, he might be, but I know for sure he's doing the pencils. Chuck Dixon wrote this book, so I'm sure it's going to be an absolute uh, banger of a book. And we know there's going to be another animated trailer. We got the 40-second teaser of that animated trailer released a couple of... Well, actually yesterday, I believe. And it was fantastic. Rip of First Studios is becoming more of an in-house um, force because they've been able to po poach... Um, animators of all the uh, the profits that they're experiencing so there's going to be more from Ripaverse Studios and honestly I am just excited um, for not only just to read AlphaCore as a fan but from a business perspective to see how AlphaCore 1 is going to do in terms of the revenue that's going to make so for me I, I think this is going to be you know anywhere from 500000 to $3.5 million on a pre-order campaign if it's similarly ran to uh, I'd say Isom 2 I imagine it's going to be pretty similar in terms of the the options that you'll have um, available to you. Maybe uh, maybe a, t uh, a few less covers than uh, that. Maybe three um, covers with one being a limited run. Who knows what what's um, ex what it's exactly going to end up being in terms of the exact options, in terms of the exact revenue. But I do think this is going to be a very good book. I'm very excited for it, and it's going to be, uh, like I said, indicative of what the Ripperverse is going to do outside of uh, ISOM, and it's going to really show um, when the Ripperverse uh, stretches its legs how far it can go and how far the fans um, want to take um, the Ripperverse because this is more than just um, a book about ISOM. This is the Alpha Core, so this is um, really showing that, hey, this is an actual comic book universe, and if you want to be a part of it, then you can read Alpha Core. And of course, Gyro of One is going to come out after that, and we've got Gooding, um, the Polymyth, Polymyth is coming out after that, but we're focusing on the Alpha Core right now, Alpha Core Autumn, and then Gyro Winter. Um, as has been going around in the fan base. And like, like I said, I feel a lot of excitement. I think this is going to do very well um, for um, for Eric's uh, company, for his employees as well, and just for the fans as well, because I think Alpha Core 1 is going to be a fantastic book to read. I will be reading it. I will be reviewing it. I've reviewed Isom 1 and 2 on the Substack, so you can check that out. Like, like I said, really all I've got to say is be excited. Um, for Alpha Core number one, because I think it's going to be a great book. The full trailer drops on Monday along with the pre-order campaign. Uh, like I said, so we'll get more insight into what um, Alpha Core one is. You know, Brian Solari, Ingrid Valdez, and Jeremiah Braxwell. That's the Alpha Core 
we're going to find out more about them. We're going to find out more about um, Flores Park in general. So this is going to be a great peer into what the universe is because that launching pad work was done with Isom 1. It was expanded on a little bit with Isom 2. And I think Alpha Core 1 is really going to be able to take a deep dive into um, the universe that the Ripaverse is because the Alpha Core is a peacekeeping organization that operates in Flores Park. So they're naturally going to be a pretty wide net in terms of um, what you can cover with that sort of story. So I do think it's going to be a great deep dive into the uh, the universe uh, of what um, the Ripaverse is. And it's going to be very much not focused, um, not hyper-focused on the, the on Ison the way Ison 2 was, and it's not going to have to do all that launching pad work that Ison 1 had to do, which is why a lot of people, you know, don't like the pacing of that book, feel like it's very disjointed because of what Ison 1 really had to be um, in order to get the Ripaverse um, started. And now that the Ripaverse has started, of course, really going to be a nice, juicy expansion on it. But I imagine it's going to leave us wanting more. Uh, but with that, I am going to leave you all um, with, with, uh, with that. And we are going into the outro now. Thank you for being in the Velvet Room with Joker the Fool. Be sure to follow my Substack, velvetroompublishing.substack.com, to read Machine to Man and all my other projects.